Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and after an Easter break we are back once again. Another episode, another top guest. Joining me tonight is the most important person of all and that's because I'm chatting to the owner himself, otherwise better known as Stephen Best. Stephen, thanks for offering your time this evening and I hope all is well. Yeah, fantastic at the moment, thanks for that. Fantastic. So, where's a good place to start on this episode? I guess a bit of backgrounds. Now, obviously, this club has had an iteration in the past, but I want to focus on the current edition and how this version of Blue Star has come to pass. I am um, obviously Blue Star, um, the former Blue Star, the SC's train um, 10, 15 years ago. Um, so, we obviously we had a, a football club here prior, which run under Granger Park's umbrella. Um, we felt there was a, a need for a, a bit of a facelift in the area, a bit of a new generation change of sort of styles and philosophies. And obviously we branded the two together and obviously formed the club in 2018. So I guess from an outsider looking in, that could be me, for example, somebody who's not from Newcastle originally, the city is always viewed as one club, you know, Newcastle United, and that's it. But is that ultimately something you're looking to change in the very near future? Yeah, a million percent. I think, um, you know, I'm an exile mag myself. I've seen the trials and tribulations, shall we say, from back in 82 when I first started going to what we've got present day. Um, people's mindsets have changed, I think. I think football now is a money, a money game um, and... A lot of people like myself, I was brought up on football where it was, you know, it was hard working. You kind of felt close to the clubs. You felt close to the players. You had an identity to them. They weren't, they weren't millionaires overnight with the contract. So, you know, your average working class man, kid, whoever, they, they felt a part of the club. And I've never felt so disjointed from Newcastle United in, in the last 10 years. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, that was part of So your previous question. You know, that I think that boils into this question, I think. You know, kids out there want to want to have a, an alternative, and you know we've we've effectively given that with putting Blue Star on the map. Because with Blue Star, even if you took away any, shall we say, anti Ashley sentiment, there's a further hotbed of support. When you consider the catchment area of the club, it's almost untapped, really, and because of that, it makes the whole project so exciting. Yeah, it does. I think the west side of the city. You know, there's a there's a there's a big thoroughbred of football there. Um, you know, from kids to seniors, I've I've watched over all the years that I've played. I've watched kids go, you know, further afield, and I would have to travel outside of the west side of the city to play that football. Whether it's whether it's amateur, whether it's um, boys club, or whether it's kind of you know non-league, and we've effectively ticked all them boxes, putting that in the west end with having the senior element there as well as the junior. So yeah, I think it's. It's been a sleeping giant for me, uh, and I, like like I've sort of I probably touched on it before. I was quite surprised that nobody had actually looked to sort of um, pull that together within all the junior clubs because there's a massive, massive amount of junior clubs in the west side of the city, and you know there's very, very few that have a senior element. So to me, it made sense. You know, you don't want children even at 16, 17. You want to you want to give them a pathway into into senior football and that that's effectively what we've done. 
I guess when it comes to the projects, it can be symbolised by the work which is currently taking place at the ground, not just, you know, in the past couple of weeks with this cup football in mind, but over the periods, of course, you know, a year or so. Is there going to be more work in the future? And with that, will there be sort of development phases in the pipeline which would future-proof the club with promotions in mind? Because obviously, for the level it's at, it's incredible. When you compare it to other teams in the division, and no disrespect to them, it's kind of park football, really, isn't it? So when you compare what you've already got and the scope to build around it, could there be an even bigger ground in the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, literally, in the the past few days, we've just signed a 125-year lease for the whole site. Oh, fantastic. Um, So that gives us huge scope to develop. Um, Obviously, yeah, you're right, we'll have got a ground that's kind of fully prepared for the next couple of seasons, albeit going well. So, you know, I think we'll we'll always stay ahead of the game. You know, we've got a fantastic committee here. You know, we've got some great support um, with, you know, businesses and sponsorships and people that's interested in in this, you know. And I think if we keep going in the right direction, they'll always stay supportive in that. And, you know, we're looking at now, you know, future plans in five years' time. We're looking at putting, obviously, you know, a full-size 4G floodlit to the side of our main pitch. You know, there's... There's obviously talk about other things which I kind of divulge at this moment, but yeah, well, I would say I'm looking at you know the next five to seven years um, in, in development-wise at this point what we're speaking now. Okay, let's take that time frame of five to seven years in terms of potential for the club. Obviously, the dream is to get as high as possible up the football pyramid. Of course, you know it's not as easy as just promotion after promotion after promotion. So with all the building blocks in place. Where do you see the club and at what level within, say, five to seven years? Well, our 10-year te- te- plan was might sound crazy, was to be fighting in and around trying to get to football league status. Um, we've done so much in a short period of time. And, that's, and in that short period of time, obviously, we've had a pandemic for 18 to 24 months. So I think once we kind of get it right on the field, I think, you know, fingers crossed we can start and try and get somewhere near the, the, the plans that we have got for achieving my goal in 10 years. I think, you know, the next five years would be to be an established first first division Northern League club, you know, somebody that's looking to do well and get to the latter rounds of the Vars. Um, and then, you know, as you're moving into your seven to 10 year plan, it's obviously getting into the Northern Premiers and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, everything is, is, is there for the take and really it's just about, you know, the guys on the field working in tandem with the club really and, you know, it is a big ask and, there's not really a huge pressure from the club's perspective. It's just we have big goals. You know, we've got a huge junior element of the club. If we can give them the sort of, you know, the stage, shall we say, of playing top, top level football, you know, their eyes won't always be focused on the academies and the big three clubs in the northeast. You know, we've got to, we've got to make sure that we can keep them in house and, and that we can fulfil their dreams and aspirations by being at the staying at this club. So, you know, it's it's it, it that's our goal as much as it is, you know, wanting to achieve bigger things. It's given them the platform in years to come because we've got some absolutely unbelievable talent at the club junior level and they'll start to come to fruition, you know, in the next five, six years. So, you know, a lot of clubs are out there that have to go out and, you know, be in that dog race with looking for players. We would like to think of coaching them with such a high standard here. We're not just, you know, trying to throw... Um, you know, basic training at them. We're trying to give them, you know, your UEFA B, your UEFA educational programs and setting them targets and working with them daily. So 
the future is bright when it comes to you know our senior level of football because we're going to be supplying them with juniors that have all the great habits. If you were to take South Shields as an example, they're in the Northern Premier League. Is that something that you could see as sustainable to start with? You know, say five years down the line, is that something you can get to? I think so. I think it's you know it's it's definitely something off the field we can get to. It's down to the guys, obviously, you know, the the management and the players, and you know, and obviously making sure that 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 they're doing things, you know, the targets at the right time. We don't want to look too far ahead. You know, our goal at the moment is getting out of this Alliance League, which is, you know, it's serving it serves it serves the purpose of what it is. You know, it's a fantastic competitive league, but we see ourselves playing, you know, higher standard than this. So this is our first goal is to get into the Northern League with a bit more of a structure to it. You know, you know, probably more more of a footballing league. Um, so yeah, that's the first target. We can't really sort of look outside of that. But I mean, South Shields is a great model to look to. I think Jeff's done an unbelievable job down there, and I take my hat off to you know any guys that put their money where their mouth is and you know actually having a stake at this because you know it's a tough, tough business. It's it isn't actually a business if I'm being honest. You can't you know you don't make any money. I think if you speak to any owners out there that have got football clubs, it's it's uh, it's not something if you had a, a business mind a business head on you wouldn't be you wouldn't be d- d- uh, divulging into a football club you, you're doing it for the passion you're doing it for the area you're doing it for the community you know we're doing it for the kids we're doing it for probably you know numerous reasons really and the goal is to put the West End on the map. I think really fundamentally with any non-league club no matter what tier or level they're playing at it's all about sustainability really isn't it because. There is always going to be a chairman who would love to run before they can walk and eventually the bubble bursts. You know, he either loses interest or the money goes. So that is the sort of underlying principle of the club that you don't want to get too big too early. It's all about being sustainable and creating, more importantly, a long-term legacy. Yeah, okay. I, you know, washing its own face is what I've said from day one here. You know, we, we probably got carried away halfway through the first three years and maybe he's done a little bit of what you said, but... You know, you're sharp learning football. Like I said last week, um, I run a steelwork business uh, Monday to Friday, and you know that's that's my bread and butter. That's that's kind of the industry I know really well. I've never run a football club before, albeit I've been involved with football for 40 years. Um, so every day we're learning, and what we did learn very quickly after 18 months is money doesn't buy you success. You know, I think you've got to get the right players, the right characters. That's that's both on the field and off the field. I think you've got to be able to. Um, have a have a diverse site of your business so you know whether that be functions whether that be club shops whether that be you know different lines of revenue I, I, that's what I do understand I understand business and this club albeit it's spending a lot of money on development you know this stands if I left here tomorrow this club would still stand the test of time because it's you know it's got its own revenue stream albeit on the back of you know we're in a COVID situation but it's a there's a business there and that's what I said from day one you know I think when I eventually do sort of step aside from you, that I'll be feeling that, you know, them timeless hours of being here and shortchanging my family, it's all been worthwhile because, you know, there'll be a history. We're creating something that's going to stand here for the, for the, for the future of the West End, not just for, you know, for the one as the times are great or while you feel like it's a honeymoon period. That's definitely, definitely not what it is. Well, I guess the key to a club being sustainable and creating that legacy is the pathway of junior football all the way to the seniors. We sort of touched on it earlier in the episode, but is that going to be a key principle for the club going forward? That's the biggest principle, to be fair. Um, I think 
say a lot what goes on at the academies. I, th- I probably disagree with quite a lot of it, just because I think the, you know, the the the, the, the intensity, shall I say, from a young age is a little bit too much for my liking. You know, I think kids should be around their, their school friends, their pals, playing football. You know, we were all brought up in, uh, you know, backstreet football jumpers for goalposts, and it didn't do, do us any harm in the eighties and nineties because England produced some fantastic footballers. I think we've produced a stereotypical footballer now, which is, for me, the backdrop of an academy. That's not being critical to any academies because what they do with these guys is fantastic. I get it, you've got to be professional and you've got to look after them, give them the best is what you can. But I also think kids have got to play with freedom. Kids have got to express themselves on the pitch. And the only way I see that and where, where I do see it the most is in junior football. So, you know, we, we, have, a, we have our own ethos, which we will install and we are installing the kids and you know, when when eventually these guys, these kids become seniors and playing for, I think then you'll see the proof will be in the pudding how they play. You know, it's 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 a it's a ruthless industry football, and you know we we want to we want to bring a new brand of that entertainment. I was, you know, in in Kevin Keegan's second year as a manager. You know, we're all seeing, you know, some unbelievable entertaining football. You know, whether you win, lose, or draw, you are prepared to go and sit on them seats. For 90 minutes and watch it, and you know that's effectively what we want to bring here. We want to bring entertainment to the to the to the west side of the city, and give the give these people an alternative to what they're watching down the road, which isn't anything but entertainment and hasn't been for the last 15 years under you know the current regime. With that in mind, does that mean there's a a quest to find the balance between entertainment and results? Because you know you all want to watch free flowing football, but ultimately if you are losing heavily each week you might have to refine that touch very slightly so is that the kind of route going forward that yes we want to be entertaining but also then might it be a bit of pragmatism at the same time yeah i mean you, you, you know you'll be down to your sort of um the players that you've got you'll be down to the teams that you play so you know there's no point playing going home football against a team that's going to counter attack you or whatever you know style of play that you've got to you've got to have good management and that's where i leave you know the managers to to do that, I think the the, the 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 sort of the attractive side of it is at junior level is what I'm really trying to touch on. I'm, I don't want to see kids playing sideways and backwards football. It's senior level, you know. There's there's a lot more, you know, technical and tactical now needs to be put into that. But at junior level, I see too many kids playing, you know, non-aggressive football. You know, I see them playing sort of too scared to make a a killer pass to see them worried too much because there's pressure. You know, kids don't. I'm not saying junior football is, you know, um, not a fantastic place. What, I'm, what I see is, you know, I see a lot of pressure in there. People wanting to win trophies and leagues and stuff instead of letting these kids play. It's over managed. I see managers and coaches on sidelines and, you know, they're, they're, they're basically telling the children what to do. When they've got the ball at their feet, how on, how on earth is a kid meant to develop without making his own mistakes and understanding for himself? You can't at nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen year olds. You can't be installing, you know, apart from a structure to the player. You can't be sort of over analysing the game. So when I say you know free flowing football, I mean letting kids just express themselves at that age. There's a time to lock on and try to educate them. I see that as being thirteen, fourteen plus. But at youth age, we want to just see expansive football and seeing the kids with a smile on the face if they get beat. You know, through playing that, for me, that's irrelevant. It's a development stage. 
you want them to come here and enjoy it, and I'll guarantee it. You know, if you watch the kids and they're playing that style away, they 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 won't go home disappointed. I've seen kids go home disappointed beating some of the top northeast clubs because there's too much pressure on their positions and how they play. So for me, that is a that is a flaw in in, in junior football, and where he had to, to change that. Well, I was going to say, really, in those formative years, you want to be enjoying your football because if you're not, if you're not playing with a smile on your face, you might have to ask yourself, have I really got a passion for the game? Do I want to go through the ranks and become, you know, under 23s, a senior, and so on and so forth? You know, you don't want to lose players to the game because you're playing a style of football which is not conducive to actually having fun. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know of numerous children that's dropped off because of the lack of enjoyment. So. You know, there's something that's not right, and that's you know that's the world over probably. Um, I think you can only do so much with the, the 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 sort of the capabilities that you've got, and we just think that we want it to be a fun environment, and we want the kids to show their skills if they've got skills, and they want to go past you know three and four kids and try and stick one in the top corner. And who are we? As coaches to try and stop that when these kids are only 10 and 11 year old, you know what I mean, and, and younger. And I see that in, in in junior football, I see a lot of where that's getting coached out of them. Um, so, yeah. Well, with all those elements of junior and senior, it does make it a genuine club for the community to get all get involved in. And I think for me, especially as someone who's just moved to Newcastle, it kind of spoke volumes to me and it was like, right, I want to get involved with this. At first, I didn't know how. And then this media thing sort of landed on my lap and I thought, perfect, you know, I'm in. So I guess there's always time for volunteers if they want to offer their time also, Stephen. Yeah, this is a, this is a community football club. I think as soon as you walk in the door here, you'll feel that. And um, everybody that's in here understands the reasons why we're here and what we're trying to achieve. This is, this is you know, that we're, we're, we're effectively one big family. We're, we look after each other both, you know, in football and out of football, you know, we all have the same aspirations for the club. Um, so, you know, there's the doors are open to anybody that feels like they can bring something to the table. You know, we want the community to be involved. We want the community to come and have fun days out here. You know, it's, it, it, you know, I, I was brought up where, you know, in an era where, you know, everybody knew their neighbours, everybody sort of was open arms, really, and, and you, you were prepared to help each other out. There's no reason why you can't have that in a football club. You know, you've just got to, you know, sort of tiptoe into that and see see what you see here. And I think you'll get that feeling straight away, whether it's, you know, on match days or junior days when your kids are training, you come here, you'll, you'll, you'll get that feeling straight away. Fantastic. I look forward to it. I think that's answered all my questions for this third episode. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention, Stephen? Um, no, obviously, obviously, you know, it's quite hard to give you the full sort of rundown of the club. It's of a never-changing, you know, um, club. And, and I think because we've had it so hard for the last couple of years, like every club out there, it's, you know, it's time for people out there to get on board with non-league football. You know, I, I think people need to realise that there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot to be had and gained from going out and supporting young juniors, you know, giving it their all and having a smile on their face and, Playing for the love of the love of the game, really. I think when I when I see the the top end of football, the Premier League, and the money that's in there, you know, it kind of upsets me. If I'm being honest, and I think people need to probably have a reality check. A bit like me, I kind of was one of them magpies that you know went roaming away year in year out, and you know, I've 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 
I've seen the light, shall we say, and I, I would I would probably put that question to other people. Get yourself out there one afternoon on a Saturday. Get yourself along the Blue Star, and you know you never know. You might uh, you might be the same as myself. You might uh, just suddenly realise that there's there's more to life than Newcastle United Football Club. Absolutely. Once you get the non-league bug, it's very hard to get rid of it. Right. I think that brings it to an end on this episode. Just a quick message about the first team action and their Saturday match. The guidance is that unfortunately fans are not permitted for that one. But next Wednesday, it's just around the corner. So a little more patience is really, really appreciated. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. The best place is on Twitter, at DanTracy1983. It can be as simple as hello or any content ideas. Let us know because ultimately this is for everyone, not just me. And to wrap things up, I just need to thank Stephen once again. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you and I look forward to doing it again soon. And you, Dan. Take care. Fantastic. With that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 